Welcome, Digital Difference Makers. Today with me, I've got Mary Silva, a spiritual business mentor. Welcome, Mary. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming on today. Do you want to give everyone a bit of a quick intro into who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, so it's always like for me, like how do I introduce myself first? Because I'm coming from both the very spiritual side of things, but also very business oriented parts and um, that's actually what I'm doing I'm fusing um, energetic healing work spiritual mindset work um, emotional mastery with actual high ticket sales um, visual marketing and um, yeah the strategies to scale online businesses to six figures yeah also I mean how, how do you mix the two like how what kind of elements of spirituality and energy do you bring into the business world yeah that's a good question so um, I believe when we are really in tune with our intuition and with what feels good for us we can't just follow any strategies like somebody tells you you need to do that and maybe you can do it for a while but then you either burn out or you're self-sabotaging if it doesn't feel right for you and that's where I'm bringing in the energy work to really have a look at like what are the limiting beliefs what are subconscious patterns what are um, energetic lacks that we can fill first or solve first so that we are able to listen to what really feels right for us and we're able to implement those things. Yeah, because so, I mean, the marketing world, there's so many different like ways to get clients. So it's kind of like, there's a lot of people teaching like one method yeah. of, you know, oh, go post in a bunch of Facebook groups, you know, and if that doesn't feel right to you or ethically, like, you know, it's not the best way for you to get clients. I can see how, you know, we've had a few clients that have come to us pretty burnt out from doing mm -hmm. that for a year and it just didn't feel right for them. What other things do you see people typically like don't align for them or they come to you saying like, you know, I need a method that's, better for me mm -hmm. so one thing is um, lead generation for sure like content strategies the other thing I see a lot is sales when people only know there's like a way of doing sales with a very like salesy touch which is like pushing people or like being a bit more on like manipulative side of things and like especially my clients they really don't like that and I work mostly with women, so they are having this, this dance in themselves, like, how can I be compassionate? How can I be gentle and still make the deal without, like, forcing somebody? Mm. And that's where I see um, the, like, if you're using your gifts and your strengths in the right way, it works. Like, all the strategies out there, they all have reasons. They are all amazing. They are all the golden strategies, but for the right person and for the right niche and for the right clients. So I believe we have to figure out, like, what is the right thing for you to able, like, in order to be able to reach your goals. Yeah. What, what kind of things do you consider with clients? Like, when, if someone's to say, oh, I tried, you know, Facebook groups, and posting in there and it didn't work for me how do you try to figure out what energetically feels better for them mm -hmm. so the first thing i would do is like okay how does this make you feel 
Do you wake up excited in the morning? You're ready to pose? Do you feel inspired? Or is it, gosh, I need to do this now because this is like the number one task every day and I'm already like putting my alarm off and want to turn sides in the bed again. If that is the feeling in your own business, why did we become business owners? That's, that's not the spirit we want to have. We want to have joy. We want to have fun. We want to do what we want. That's why we became entrepreneurs, right? We want to be free. So for me, it's always the first check-in. Okay, what really is the pleasure behind this? And then what do you want to reach with this? If you're just like posting for, for the engagement or for posting, that's a different thing than I actually want to have five people on my calendar every week. So then the question is, okay, who is your client? And like, I'm working with one of my clients, for example, she's coaching millionaires. Do you think a millionaire sits down and watches an hour of a Facebook live to jump on a call with you? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to go to the booking link and book straight away if they feel that's the right thing for them. So the strategy is very different than somebody who's like, I'm working with beginner coaches who just get new into the market. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's interesting. I was having this discussion in Mastermind recently where it was like, I know for myself, like if I'm interested in investing in 21, I pretty much know before the sales call whether I'm going to invest. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've gotten onto calls where I know I'm not going to invest and it's been interesting. You watch the call, just want to get the information of like, you know, what is the offer? But I'm definitely not, investing now it, it's it is a different mindset as opposed to me maybe five years ago if i was to jump onto a call i you know would have been looking to be guided you know hey like yes guide me show me question me about what i want and everything like that it is yes. a completely different process okay. for people at different stages so no i get that it, where are clients typically when you start working with them? I mean, have you got, do you mainly work with clients that have been around for a while or are they like typically at that? I mean, you've got one that's working with millionaires, so I assume probably a few more established ones, but where mm -hmm. are clients when you start working with them? Mm, it actually differs a bit. So I have complete beginners and I have people who are very advanced and what they all have in common is that they already know their intuition, they have a good connection to themselves, but they didn't allow themselves yet to really follow it. So they have that inner voice that's telling them where they should go, but they need somebody giving them permission to really like embody that and follow that in all the ways. And then they are also coming from this, um, this sense of overgiving. So they are like working, hustling, go-getting. They are all on that fire spirit, which is like promoted a lot as well. Like be on the mindset, go get it, do what you want to do, that pushing forward movement. And it doesn't suit them because they are feminine women. They want to have a business that's relaxing for them. They want to listen to their cycle. They want to listen to what feels good. And they are depleting themselves with that. They are burning out and they are looking for a different way how to do things yeah because i mean i think we talked about this last time we chatted like it's a very different work cycle for women to men but a lot of the traditional way that we work 
has been designed for men? Like, do you want to explain a little bit about that, how you view that? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting more and more passionate about that. So I'm super happy to talk about it. Um, I had um, yesterday, I, had, I have a new team member and she had her first day of her period yesterday. And it's part of my work ethic to say like, I'm not working on that day. I'm teaching my clients not to work on that day. And I teach my team not to work on that day. And when it comes to business, like in, in my previous, previous positions, it was never possible to just say like, just like random day in the month, I'm taking the day off spontaneously, right? It's, it's not even that you always know when it's coming. Um, but doing that allowed myself, my clients and my team to have so much more energy during the whole month. Because we as women, we have this phase, okay, we are, we are having our period, we're needing time off, we need to retreat from the world, we are low on energy. And then we are building up energy till the time when we are the shining queen, we are on our ovulation, we are fertile, we are dancing around, we have a lot of energy, and then energy goes back down. So we are in that cycle. Men also have a cycle, but it's it's much more like maybe it's three months or six months rhythm. So it's much more gentle. So as a man, it's easy from my perspective, easier to stay linear and like give the same 100% every day. That's like give, 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 do, do, do. It's always like on the edge of productivity that works. As a woman, if we do that on the low days, it's killing our energy so much that on the high days, we can't even perform as good as we could. And if we are allowing us to go with that rhythm, then on the gentle days, we are resting and taking time off. We have like triple or four times the energy on the peak days. So it is the same amount of productivity than with men, but it comes in waves. So on the days we are, um, we are on energy, we can do double the time or double the energy or double the efficiency than a man maybe can. And on the low times, we can do half. So in general, it's the same. It's just different. And um, my team member yesterday, that's why I felt like so passionate about it. She shared that's the first time ever she allowed herself to do that. And she was like so feeling so grateful and like humbled. And then on the same side, it was like, okay, how do I communicate this to a client? Like, how do I say to a client, hey, we're, we're just not having our call today? We're putting it off for no reason. And I encourage you to be transparent with it because I work mostly with women. So telling another woman, hey, we don't work on that day is encouragement for them also to reflect on it and to see if they also want to do that, if they want to stop working and take more time to rest and reflect and be with themselves. So spreading the seed in that way is so beautiful to me. It's very interesting because I've never heard of people doing it as a, like having it as a rule. I mean, I know of women that have taken off because they've been like, you know, I'm, I'm really bad today. I actually need to take the day off, but I've never heard of a system like that. And I think what's, what I find interesting about it is that you really actually, it kind of forces you to set up your business for spontaneity. Like mm -hmm. you have to have everything dialed in or like you have to have systems to allow for that you have to have like yeah you, you can't your business cannot be reliant on 
you being there every single day. Obviously, there's the calls that you may need to rearrange and stuff like that, but some things like content being posted or like um, maybe some messages and other things that go out or emails, like there's so many different elements still have to be moving. You know, so yes. I think it's, it, have you found that it is part of it helping them set up for that or what kind of things have you found important to help them get ready for, hey, this is something that we think is really important to take a day off when this comes up. Here's how to set up for that randomness of whatever day mm -hmm. it might happen during the month. Yeah, and the sun is coming out. So I'm like, ah, <laughs> early morning here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I always say like the, I believe the structure and the system and the setups, what you just mentioned, that is supposed to be the masculine part of the business. That is the structure, that is the consistency. And then if we have that in place, we as women can relax and retreat. So what does that mean? Yet, like you said, like, yes, content that's um, like planned for the whole month, for the whole launch cycle, for even three months in a row, having that um, not planned in a way where you sit down and like on the 30th day of the month, you're pulling out 30 pieces of content from your head. That's also not what I mean, but having a structure in place where you can plug and play with things. So you have the main, the core elements ready, and then you can fill them with the inspirational parts. So if you have your pillars for your business, you have four pillars, what's, what's the core offer? And to each of these pillars, you have like five different angles that you can talk about it. And you can like create those angles already and have a call to action, an invitation to a challenge, whatever, have that ready and repurpose it, reuse it, recycle it. And whenever you're having then a thought, uh, an insight, an inspiration, you can plug and play these pieces together. So then you know, okay, at this day, I'm launching something, I'm selling something, whatever, I'm having a free event. And then you know how to puzzle piece the, the content parts together for the next one to three months. And that makes it easy to schedule things, to not get um, drained by trying to be inspirational when you don't feel like it. And it helps you to be consistent and um, have something that's, yeah, that's just reliably bringing in clients. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've, um, we've set up one of our content systems so that we've got videos going out every day on every single platform. And, you know, I still actually really like a lot of written posts for LinkedIn and Facebook particularly. But those posts that we write that tend to be a little bit longer, they tend to require a little bit of inspiration. I don't necessarily want to have to do those every single day. So like yeah. our content system, knowing that something's going out every day has really created this energy now of like, I feel more inspiration most days to be able to do that just because it's like, there's no pressure mm -hmm, to have that. Totally. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's, that's something that we've, we've set up with a few clients we found really useful. So I, I completely agree. I'd find that like content isn't, you know, there's a bit of it that you want to prepare for and it might be a little bit more motivation to get done, but some of the best content is 
that inspirational content that might just mm -hmm. come to you on the day. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an interesting thing to unpack. I mean, I've always found that it kind of just gets triggered from sales call or a client call or something like that. What, how do you sort of help your clients to figure out what, how to start tapping into more inspiration with their posts? Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose it's different think, for every person. I'm putting you on the spot, but <laughs> mm -hmm. no, I think it's um, the best content comes from our own story, right? So I always say, like, imagine like a previous version from yourself. That is your ideal client. Like me five years ago, me ten years ago, me two years ago. That's the person that wants to learn from me today. So what, where have I been? What was my story back then? What was my topic? What is the, the insight that I needed at this point and that I got until now? And just reflecting back on your own story and your own change and the, like, the stages of change, I think that is amazing content because somebody who is on the same stage, they will recognize it. They will be like, oh my God, yes, that's exactly where I am. But you can also talk about it from, okay, and that's where I'm now. So they can see, oh, well, I'm where she was and she's where I want to be. So that's why I want to follow this person or get in contact with her. So that's, that's individual for everyone, like you said. But it's, um, I think it's the best part to really tap in. What were your insights, your emotional states? What were the breakthrough moments for yourself? And verbalizing them. Yeah, and I suppose that comes into like, you know, if you're journaling and you're taking the time to reflect and everything like that, those things can really come. Like, do you find that some, I'm not, I'm not sure if you work with your clients on with meditation and other sort of things like that, but mm -hmm. I would see a lot of those kind of activities mm -hmm. bringing that yeah. kind of stuff up. Yeah, like meditation is one thing um, that's part of my work. Um, soul retrieval is another one which is super interesting it's coming from um, ancient shamanic cultures but we have the same thing in psychology so in psychology they say when you are going through a traumatizing experience you're putting a part of your soul kind of outside of yourself it's called dissociation it's like it's too painful or too it's just not safe to be with that part of you and then you put it out for a while to be like okay to be in survival mode kind of and that can be that doesn't need to be like a huge trauma that can be something like as a child you ask your parents for something and in that moment they didn't have time to you and put you like aside and you felt like nobody ever listens to you and things like that can stuck and then can cause us to that part that wants attention to put it aside or just making something up um and shamanic cultures they do the same with which is called then soul retrieval to bring that part back and bring that part back into yourself and reintegrate it and heal it and look at what's what was missing there and what what is different if it is there and doing that yeah. kind of work um, with my clients in our calls helps them to feel whole again and feel the difference and feel the difference from, okay, if that was all the time outside and I have it back now, I can see so clearly what was missing, what was the story, what was this missing part creating, like 
what were my patterns, what were my behaviors, because I didn't have that part with me. And when I have it back inside myself, how can I change all of that? How can I implement the behavioral patterns that I want to have because I want to reach my goals? Where were I subconsciously sabotaging myself? And just this piece of healing work, doing that, there's so much understanding happening because you can see yourself from so many different life perspectives. It's not only business then, it's the same thing happens in relationships, in your day-to-day -day life, in the relation to your kids. You have that everywhere if that's like, yeah, a foundational piece of you that has been missing. Do you find when people go through that experience that they're able to connect a little bit deeper with their clients as well? Like if they can tap into that, I suppose, the emotional side of things. I mean, I can definitely see how that impacts content and sales. Like it, do you see them after they go through that experience, find it easier to write content, to, to get sales because they can relate to their prospects better? Yeah, I think that kind of clarity, what comes from it, that helps to understand your clients better, that helps to understand yourself better so you can verbalize it better in content and you can relate better and they can relate better to you. It's like really vulnerable, of course, to share then about these things, but that's what makes us human and that's what, what fosters and facilitates connections, that kind of intimacy. So with all my clients, we deeply love each other. Like it's, it's, not a, it's not even a feeling of being in a professional environment. It feels like a woman's circle. We are sitting there together like friends. I'm holding the space. I'm guiding the call. I'm answering the questions. But it is, it is a group experience. And it's so, so loving. They love each other. They love me. I love them. It's, it's so fulfilling to have that. And I see that with them as well, with their clients, that it's getting really intimate. Yeah, I, I suppose that sense of, community in a program and, and particularly I suppose do you find that women are attracted more to that sense of community as well I'm, I'm not sure if you get too many men coming across you but yeah and yeah. sometimes like I always say like one out of ten is a man who's like also attracted to my work um, because it is so much on the feminine side and we all have both right so sometimes men also need to like tap deeper into this side um, but mostly, mostly mainly women, yes. And um, I think this is a very feminine thing, yes, to be in that. I mean, that's again, ancient cultures have women's circle ever after. They have these cyclic experience in themselves, but also with other women that they need to share information and have that feeling of holding space for each other and as far as I understand it, the men tend to solve problems on themselves on their own first. And they reach out for help, they support each other, that's cool, but there's not this urge for, I need somebody just to share and listen. In men, it's more that, okay, I have a problem, I need to solve it. That forward efficiency again, while the woman wants to first expand on it and then find ideas together and co-create together. So I believe in a group experience that is um, coming through as well. How has it um, impacted your marketing or how you like, uh, obviously you um, appeal more to women 
in your marketing, but how have you gone about that? How have you gone about talking about, do you talk a lot about femininity in your content or yes? Yes, totally. Yeah, so I'm, I'm even, um, I started being fully transparent with bleeding, which still is a taboo topic, right? It's still like, oh, what is she saying? Like, I don't even <laughs> want to hear it. And yeah. it's like, I, I started being fully transparent with that, transparent with how I feel, how the faces of the f- female rhythm work like, how they look like um, when I am on my bleeding time, when I am in my resting energy, receptive feminine. I mean, that's just like a very smart connection, right? If we want to make money, we need to be in a receptive energy anyways. Mm. So, and as women, if we are in the receptive mode and the attracting and receiving mode, that makes sense for business, that makes sense for money. So that's um, the different angles where I'm going to. And then also what I shared in the beginning that instead of burning out, overgiving, overspending, hustling, pushing through, hey, the same thing works if you're super relaxed and you're just going with the flow, so to say. If you believe that money comes in, like it's the middle of the month, maybe it's been a bad month, but you are 100% sure money comes in by the 30th of the month. You can hustle for two weeks, move your ass, push, do and have the feeling when it finally comes in, gosh, I made it, like, yes, I did it. Or you can enjoy your time and relax because it's coming anyways. It's just like that trust that it works and that it comes in if, of course, the things are set up, right? If the structure is there, if if things are working for you, then it comes in even if you don't push and overcompensate in the times where it's going up and down in business. Yeah, I mean, I I, I suppose I, I just before you were saying that that the whole time I was thinking like, yeah, as long as things are still being done, but like it's I have seen you know some people that they've got all of the systems in place and then they create a lot of busyness around that and doesn't really make it any more effective than the person that has the system and just goes, okay, it's all going to be, we just stick to the same thing, still do exactly what we have been doing. If it's, you know, at least even if it was like a little bit less that month, it was going to be like that anyway. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. going to change much more from coming in. But because I mean, how, how do you go about trying to cultivate that confidence in clients that it is mm-hmm. going to come in and then trying to build that belief? Because I know for a lot of coaches, particularly, um, yeah. it, it is hard for them to really believe that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's, it's hard for everyone. It's like, um, there's no secret sauce to it but I think I mean confidence and trust which is like close together they come from experience you are not having like if we look at self-confidence you're not born self-confident you get self-confident the more you're trying things and the better they work for you the more experience you have so there needs to be that initial like trust paid forward where you're like jumping in and the first time you just need to trust and believe. You just need to know, okay, this is the right moment and I'm gonna go with this now and stick to it. And once you have that initial understanding that, oh, wow, it actually really works. And yes, I don't need to overcompensate or overdo and like try to to make more than I need to do. Then 
there comes distrust and this relaxation of, oh, wow, if that actually really works next time, I can even have a deeper look or look, what else can I like stop doing, which is not totally necessary right now? How can I recharge more? How can I take more time for myself? How can I have more joy, more fun time instead of sitting there for hours and hours and thinking what could be the next move to make things happen? It's so much more efficient if we are if we are playing for four hours a day and then we're working four hours a day, I believe if we're really doing that, fully relaxed, fully on focus, fully charged in four hours, we can do as much as in eight hours where we're just sitting on the desk and we're pushing through. We can accomplish the same things in much more efficiency if we're really allowing us to rest. Yeah. And then most people sit there for 12 hours because they are forcing themselves to do things that just don't feel right in the moment and then they never rest and then efficiency decreases even more yeah yeah i mean it's interesting once you start looking into you know how can i how can i get more from doing less like even just asking that question and thinking more about that it doesn't mean that you know i think a few of the people that are hustle 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 kind of look at that as you know trying someone trying to be lazy kind of thing but mm -hmm. or maybe people worry that that's what it is but it's like you know if you can start asking yourself those questions you actually sort of get the answers around doing things more efficiently right yeah like, i always have like, that um sorry to put something in but yeah. i get that image i still have that when i'm laying in the sun and having like my daily resting hour and my neighbor comes by i always have that feeling she thinks i'm lazy you know, I'm just lying around in the sun and I'm supposed to work. So there's a lot of that in our culture. Right. In, in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, explain that a little bit. Like, cause I think it's interesting looking at, I would say Australia has it, um, to an extent, um, yeah, we, uh, something that I was talking about with another person that came on the podcast was the Australian culture around if someone is doing really well, there's a little bit of this thing of other people want to try and find a way to cut that down or, or look for a way to kind of bring them back down to our level. Where what, What's it like in, what's it like in Germany? Mm -hmm. um, what I see a lot in Germany is that work hard ethic, kind of like first the work, then the play. Like you would never rest and, and have fun before the work is done. It's like, you cannot get to the top if you're not working hard for it. Like all these kind of beliefs and yeah. like being thrilled to actually follow them. And yeah. then if, you, if you're not doing that, it's like, okay, you're lazy. You're, you're making it too easy for yourself. You don't even deserve to be successful if you're not working hard for it. Kind of almost that feeling of you're cheating, you know? If you're getting to success without working hard for it, it's like unfair, kind of. Right. Okay. Has mm -hmm. that stopped a few people from, in Germany, from starting online businesses or like, you know, starting their own business? Mm, yeah, could be. Um I only know from my clients that it's mostly the time where they are stopping. Maybe they initiate something and they're starting, but at that point where they are either burning themselves out or they are like 
facing all these things, all these beliefs and all these patterns, um, that's where most people stop. Because then it is like, okay, maybe I made 5K in my business, but that if that was already so exhausting and so much energy put in, how should I ever make 500K? Mm. It's like, I need to work 500 the times than I worked for the 5K to get to 500K. It's the logical bridge and that's impossible and then most people never go for it yeah yeah no that makes a lot of sense because i think i put up a post maybe a couple of months ago or something that was like um it's harder it's easier to make fifteen thousand dollars a month than it is to make five thousand dollars a month like just getting out of that rut of Mm -hmm. chasing money like Mm -hmm. you know hey if i don't make enough money this month like where we're screwed the business will fall apart like it's like that mindset for a lot of people that are starting out no so it's Mm -hmm. i completely agree with that and and for you like the business now that you have like what do you see the impact of the work you're doing with your clients being in 15 20 years Mm, yeah i think like Growing up in a society where it is so male-dominated and oriented, bringing back that feminine, like, permission to be feminine and to be cyclic, I believe that, like, what I already see, it transforms us on, like, the individual level, but it also brings, like, a bigger impact. And I can even see, like, this is now, we're just starting this in the entrepreneur environment. If that is something that is allowed or um, embraced in the like in the corporate world, if we think of that, and if we think of like fifty percent of our society being able to follow what they feel like and really take care for themselves and take care for their energy level and not burn out then that's such a massive shift already like in the whole society that is a shift also for the male because then like we all are listening better to ourselves we're all taking care better for ourselves it's like a permission for everyone I think it can bring networks where we are working more collaborative than competitive I think that's that that yeah. cycle energy, right? And the women's cycle, like co-creating rather than being like, hey, I, I need to put my elbows out and I get this here for myself. So that's a whole different vibe in our society. And I can even see it like if kids don't grow up with, I need to learn everything and be the best in everyone, but I can focus on what I am best in, what is my natural skill. They grow up very differently. So there's like, where I see this connection to yourself and connection to your intuition and connection to, yeah, to what, what, again, what feels good for you. If we bring that into society more again, through that feminine pathway, we are all in better harmony with each other. We are in better harmony with nature. We are living in a complete different world. That's, that's my vision for it. That's cool. I mean, I, I definitely see the flow on effects for kids and growing up more so with that mindset but even as you were saying that around the not competing thing i mean i find that that's such a good mindset to have like that abundance kind of mindset Mm -hmm. like you know technically you and me if we were to look at it 
from a high level would be competing. But, you know, we have completely different approaches and appeal to very different types of clients, even though they may both be coaches technically, and we are still helping them get clients and and grow their business, but it's a very different style. So I, and I think that when you have that mindset that you and me do around collaborating or creating or embracing that difference rather than focusing on the competition aspect, it does open us up to create this like, yeah, hey, let's, yeah, we're all helping each other. We we stay mm-hmm. in our lane of where we want to differentiate and stuff. I've seen a lot of people that when they're they start their business, they're trying to help everyone and anyone, and they feel like it, it's saturated. Like there, there's so many people, you know, doing this. You know, it starts to create this imposter syndrome because someone does this really well and someone does this really well. And it's like, yeah, you're trying to compete with everyone instead of trying to create like your method, your way. And I, I suppose for us being coaches and consultant mentors, like us, like we're the differentiator and how we want to approach that with clients. I, I just think that's a very important thing for a lot of business owners that might be listening that are in that earlier stage of like, maybe are in that stage of like pushing away or fearing the, the niching side of the business. And it's kind of like, this is the, the beauty of niching or really understanding exactly who you want to work with. Cause then it actually opens up the doors to collaborate with people that you thought were maybe thought were your competitors. Mm, yeah. It's beautiful. And, and it's you- like, yeah, sorry, um, it, it just like it touches my heart so much because that's when you said like working and helping each other and like being in that spirit what you described that's the world I want to see that's like how I want us humans to be with each other that's like it's so fun and if we can initiate that in business that's yeah it just makes me super happy to see it and that like each of us is so individual like having that trust again that what you shared that abundance but that trust to say hey you know there are enough clients for you there are enough clients for me and the right people will sort themselves because we are standing in our unique traits it's yeah. so easy though <laughs> well 100 i mean like you know we've we launched an offer recently that was you know helping people with creating uh, more video content and part of that was part of it was a done for you offer. And I had like an agency guy reach out cause he was doing something similar. And we were both talking about, wow, like kind of doing the same thing from the surface level would, would see it like that, but both recognized the slight, slight, but actually very big difference between the two services. And, you know, both said like, great. I, you know, if I find someone that wants it completely done for them, and doesn't want to manage it at all you know you're the person you know Mm -hmm. or if I've got someone that wants to bring it in-house and really focus on like managing that themselves then you know 
I'll lead them. Or if you want to send them my way, I'm happy to help them out. You know, it does create this like really, yeah, just helping each other out. And I think it it, it serves the clients better too. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you're not just trying to grab every person that you get onto a call with. It's like, you know, I actually, I think you're better off talking to Mary, you know, Mm -hmm. or Kevin. They're going to be better able to serve you. But Mm -hmm. thank you very much for coming on, Mary. We could probably go on about the the way we want to see the world for a fair while. But if people are watching this and want to get in contact with you, how can they do that? I think the um, best way is on Facebook. Um, My intuitive entrepreneurs group scaling to um, five figure months. That's the best way. Um, Yeah, finding me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm out there. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll leave the links for um for those two in the show notes. But thank you very much, Mary, for coming on and sharing your story and what difference you want to make in the world. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs>